Recently, York is a city renowned for its public approach to criminal justice, and in particular for the spectacle of the criminal execution. From as early as the 14th century, York was considered to have one of the most sophisticated prison and punishment systems in the country, and during this time, the punishment of criminals was unrecognisable to the system we see today. This talk will focus on the spectacle of the execution, and the public visibility of the criminal dead within the city. As you walk the cobbled streets of Micklegate, you are walking the same road many criminals took on their journey out of the city and towards the site of their eventual death, Tyburn. Tyburn, now part of York Racecourse, was one of four historic execution sites in York, with most criminals being sent from York Castle Prison. Known as the Three-Legged Mare, it was a poignant symbol of the state and the fragility of life at the time. Prisoners were commonly taken on a horse-drawn cart across Ouse Bridge, which, during the 14th century, was the only road bridge that crossed the river. They were then taken up the steep cobbles of Micklegate and down to Tyburn. On the day of an execution, which was typically either a Friday afternoon or a Saturday, the streets of Micklegate would have been lined with people, and local public houses did a roaring trade. For many, it was a celebratory occasion, filled with beer and good food. For the criminally condemned, however, it was a sombre occasion, as not only were they paraded through the streets for the whole city to see, they often had to sit next to their coffin, often with a noose tied around their neck. One such convict was highwayman Dick Turpin, who was hanged in 1739 for horse theft at the age of 33. Turpin was one of the most wanted men in England at the time. On the day of his execution, Turpin hired five professional mourners, whose job it was to follow him up the scaffold and, according to many reports, he entertained the swollen crowds. The spectacle of Turpin's death is well known. However, perhaps less well known was that this public spectacle continued after his execution. Like many of the deceased at the time, Turpin's body was taken to a local pub, the Blue Boar Inn, as his final resting place before burial. Members of the public were then able to pay a small donation to see the body. This was not uncommon, as during the 18th century many pubs had spare rooms, which served as temporary mortuaries or even courtrooms on some occasions. York's public spectacle of the execution, however, was not an anomaly. Before the 19th century, such carnival-like occasions were not uncommon across Europe. Life was short and punishment was often gruesome, painful and an exhibition. Perhaps one of the most famous cases of such a spectacle came in France in 1757, in front of the main doors of the Church of Paris. Damien, a man convicted of attempting to kill the king, was placed upon a stage where it was described that the flesh was torn from his breasts, arms, thighs and calves, with red-hot pincers, his right hand burnt with sulphur, the flesh was torn away, poured molten lead, boiling oil, burning resin, wax and sulphur, melted together and then his body drawn and quartered by four horses and consumed by fire. Before the 19th century, not only was the execution itself a public spectacle in York and beyond, but for the most revered criminals, a further bodily spectacle ensued, of which Micklegate Bar played a leading role. Micklegate Bar was historically the main gate into the city from the south, and this entrance was not only used by common folk, but it also served as the gateway to the city on royal visits. 
Many reigning monarchs have entered the city this way, and by tradition they stop here to ask permission to enter the city from the Lord Mayor. Because of its key role in welcoming visitors, it was also the prime spot to demonstrate the strength of the law and the wrath of the powerful, and so it gained its name York's Traitor Gate. Not only did the gate historically bear the city arms, which it still does today, but so too did it often display the heads of criminals. It was not uncommon to see, right at the top of the bar, atop turrets, severed heads for sometimes weeks or months at a time, with the longest reported case being that of James Main, which was there for nine years. Perhaps one of the most famous heads to be displayed on Micklegate Bar was the father of Richard III, otherwise known as the Duke of York. Killed at the Battle of Wakefield in 1460, his head was displayed as a traitor for three months. Later that same year, his son, King Edward IV, replaced his father's head, and was subsequently pecked by birds, a punishment deemed more than suitable for those seen as traitors. Today, punishment is somewhat more of a private matter, and the public displays of the criminal dead has disappeared from the streets of York. Whilst we may not see the spectacle of the execution, we can find similar levels of public interaction as a result of the mass media. Whereas historically, crowds of people would have descended on Micklegate, Tyburn or the Castle Prison to engage with the drama of crime and death, now TV cameras, social media and the news bring the spectacle into our front rooms. We have seen the gradual global decline of the spectacle of death, and in its place we see the rise of the spectacle of crime and justice. The last public execution in York took place in 1801, as public sentiment began to change. People became increasingly uncomfortable with the thought of publicly violent death, and that no longer should the first thing you see upon entering the city be the dead and the decaying. Over the course of 200 years, we have seen the gradual retreat of death from the public eye, and a broader drive to limit our interactions with mortality. But society's fascination with death and the macabre, as well as crime more generally, still remains. However, its thirst is no longer quenched by standing outside in all weathers watching the condemned atop the scaffold, but rather in the comfort of our own homes. Criminality and suffering still abound, yet society experiences them from a distance. Shielded by the TV screen or the pages of a newspaper, our interactions with death are somewhat sanitised. In many ways, the TV screen has replaced the wooden execution scaffold as the way in which we engage with death and crime today.